Coming your way, we are starting off the show with longtime paranormal researcher John Tenney. Because we, as we end 2020, a whole lot has happened this year in the news of the stranger varieties. And joining me live in the studio is Amanda LeClaire to talk about these very things with us. And we want your calls at 313-577-1019. We do, Rob. Yeah, thank you so much. Happy Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Uh, that's right. We love talking about the paranormal here on the show, and we love having our guest John Tenney on. He is a writer, paranormal researcher, Royal Oak native, and has for years been exploring the strange and spooky corners of our reality. And this time we're focusing on some pretty interesting news that's happened this year with unidentified aerial craft, AKA UFOs, uh, including the Pentagon's first public acknowledgement this year that military police or pilots had captured on video craft of unknown origin followed up by the Department of Defense's creation of a multi-million dollar task force to investigate and an unexpected public statement from a pretty high-ranking Israeli official in the last few weeks that, yes, indeed, there are extraterrestrials and world governments are in contact with them. As Rob said, we'd love to have you join the conversation. Give us a call at 313-577-1019 uh, to weigh in on what you think all this could mean. Uh, so, John Tenney, thanks for coming back on Culture Shift to get weird with us. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to talk about this weird stuff with everybody. <laughs> yeah. So I quickly summarized some of these these big events uh, concerning UFOs and disclosure that happened this year. But could you take us a little bit deeper into the details and how they've unfolded this year? Sure. So we've seen a rise since about 2017 when some released footage of a UFO hit the Internet and the government said, yeah, we kind of did know about that. And I guess we're going to have to make a statement on it. So we don't really know what it is. Uh, that has led us three years later now to the government saying there are a lot of things that we don't understand. We have photos and videos of them and we need to create a department to study those unidentified aerial objects and now unidentified submerged objects because they seem to be coming out of the ocean. Oh, well, that's what helpful. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. They are apparently everywhere. Well, you know, and then we had this creation of this Pentagon task force, many millions of dollars. And I, I didn't even include last year uh, the Trump administration creating the U.S. Space Force. Uh, and now with this Israeli official who, who is very well respected coming out publicly and saying that there is a galactic federation above us waiting for us to... Uh, evolve enough, I guess, understand, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. you know, what life is enough to be in contact. Has this all been an unusual year in UFO news? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to start with, though, I'll, I'll put to rest some of the Israeli officials' comments. So, yes, uh, the newspapers reported that he did talk about a galactic federation or a galactic command that was in contact with governments of the world. Unfortunately, because of the translation between newspapers and the way that news is generated, he was quoting facts and, and statements made by other researchers, and they were mostly attributed to him making those comments, when in reality he was just commenting on what other researchers have said that they've experienced. So take us into what exactly he said. Haim Eshed, he's the former head of Israelis, uh, Israel's Defense Ministry's space uh, agency. Uh, so what were the comments he talked about exactly? 
So the comments that he made specifically was he talked about that, you know, he believed there were probably unidentified flying objects and it's very likely that there is some technology we don't understand that might be from the off off planet. Uh, and then he started talking about what other researchers believed. And he started talking about uh, galactic federations. And he was kind of hearkening back to a conspiratorial researcher in the 80s named Bill Cooper, who wrote a book called Behold a Pale Horse. And a lot of those statements that Bill made back in the day have turned out to be pretty fraudulent. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you know, you can't expect all scientists to be well read on conspiracy theory and what ends up being fraudulent and what doesn't. That's kind of left to UFO researchers. So if they read a book, uh, they're going to assume, well, maybe these ideas are proliferating across uh, the entire planet, when in reality, it might just be one weird person saying something. I mean, there's a lot that's lost in translation, as you mentioned before, uh, with these comments that NBC News reported on uh, just a couple of weeks ago and also became a pretty kind of a viral sensation across the Internet, a Twitter, especially with this uh, phrase, Galactic Federation. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because uh, there are a lot of people, you know, we talk about right now the kind of construction of this new uh, department to look at unidentified flying objects and the millions of dollars allocated to it. But the reality is, is that the government is interested in what's going around in the skies. And if it could be uh, something that we need to defend ourselves against, if it's a hostile country. And we've had things like this before, like Project Blue Book back in the 60s, which was an outgrowth of Project Grudge and Project Sign, which were the department programs before this one that studied unidentified flying objects. So the government's always been interested. We would love to have you join the conversation as well. Uh, weigh in on some of this unusual news uh, coming out in the past year concerning UFOs, extraterrestrials, etc. 313-577-1019 is the number to call. Again, 313-577-1019. And we're talking to paranormal researcher John Tenney. Now, uh, I want to stick with some of these comments made by uh, this Israeli official um, <laughs> that became public just a couple weeks ago. So, you know, a lot of the stuff is, is, as you said, what we've heard before that there is the existence of extraterrestrials uh there's on the verge of revealing their existence to the public but you know we want to prevent mass hysteria etc cetera, etc cetera. and as you mentioned something like project blue book that happened in the 60s officially came out you know the uh, result of that was that there were no extraterrestrials and there was no threat uh to the u.s or to the earth in general uh but why do we keep exploring this stuff if if continually we're told eventually there's nothing to worry about? I think what's interesting the most is we keep exploring it because incidents keep happening and people keep seeing things. And so, you know, whether or not there is an official program, you could always still report uh, UFOs to the Air Force. It's just they didn't have a department to, to follow up on your reports. But, you know, we talk about, oh, this uh, Israeli official has talked about there being UFOs. But throughout American history, we've had prominent politicians that wanted their UFOs investigated. Jimmy Carter saw a UFO. He actually reported it to a UFO group. Uh, we have Gerald Ford in the 60s calling on Congress to create uh, a group to study the UFOs that were seen over Michigan in 1966. And then you have famous people on top of it 
having their UFO sightings, whether it be William Shatner, who said he's seen a UFO, or Muhammad Ali. And so these things stay in the public mind, and then eventually people get into positions of power and say, well, we should allocate some dollars to this and really actually study it instead of just saying there's nothing there. So, John, you are highly involved in, you know, the paranormal communities online and everything. What has what have they been saying with all of this news coming out this year? So starting in 2017, there was a huge increase in interest in UFOs. Basically, there was the formation of a group called To the Stars Academy, which was formed by Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. And this sparked a new generation of UFO researchers who are very excited about the developments in human technology and in the idea that there is an extraterrestrial force or civilization that might be visiting us here on the planet. Unfortunately, every generation kind of gets a new generation of UFO researchers, and each generation thinks they are going to be the ones that are going to get what's called disclosure, which is an official government proclamation that alien life exists. And as someone who's done this for 30 years, uh, I kind of see this as a cyclical trend. We see it happening in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s. Uh, there's always going to be disclosure, and then for whatever reason, uh, it's just left to UFO researchers to speculate and hypothesize. John, I, I, I'm, I'm just assuming here that you have seen some odd things in the sky. Has anything happened recently in the past few years that has really caught your attention for you on a personal experience? The last time, uh, so I've only ever seen what I would consider to be an unidentified flying object three times. And uh, the most recent was probably four years ago. I was going through Michigan's Upper Peninsula. You know, it's kind of a typical story. You're in the middle of nowhere driving on a road and you see something in the sky. It was, it's me. So I pulled over and, and gave it a really good look. And I saw three or four really bright lights flying, not in any way that normal aircraft should fly. Uh, again, I, I, when you're a UFO researcher, you end up studying airplanes because you want to know what you're looking at. You don't want to just think, oh, I'm seeing something strange without any point of reference. And so you end up reading about how planes fly and what they fly like. And these lights that I saw were moving at speeds and in directions that were just incomprehensible for anything that might have contained a human pilot. Which would have been similar to uh, the video that was released this year. You know, again, you know, things moving at speeds and at angles that just you you just never see. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, when you see them making right angle turns and left angle turns while they're going, you know, thousands of miles an hour, there's right. it would just tear a human body apart. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. If you would like to uh, get on with John and and talk about uh, perhaps your experiences, if you've had them, we'd love to have you join us here on Culture Shift. Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. I also want to do. I just want to bring up. Uh, something that maybe not in the sky, but on the ground, these monoliths that are appearing and also uh, in some cases, people attributing those as well to perhaps uh, extraterrestrial communication through these monoliths. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Unfortunately, we now live in a time where <laughs> everybody has a lot of time on their hands. And when something <laughs> strange happens, people are like, oh, I can build one of those and put it somewhere. And then you don't know which one is really actually weird and which ones are, are just being built to kind of make someone a part of something. You know, one of the things that doesn't get talked a lot about that the original monolith that got spotted out in the desert 
was that was about a mile away from where they were filming the television show uh, Westworld. Mm. And so that whole area had been used as a kind of set piece for Westworld. So it's very possible that the original one was just some leftover set piece that, you know, either got cut from the series uh, and since it made such a stink and since it was put in an area where they probably shouldn't have put it, no one claimed responsibility for it. <laughs> and I want to be specific. These monoliths, so it's popped up first, uh, I believe, in the Utah desert uh, here in the U.S., of course. And then in Britain, uh, Belgium, and these monoliths we're talking about, they, they look like the beginning of 2001 A Space Odyssey. A lot like them, at least. They look a lot like them. Um, what's really interesting, though, is when you start to look at the ones that are appearing after the original one that appeared in the desert, the construction looks worse and worse. Uh, you start to see that some of them are made out of wood, that some of them aren't as tall, and people are shooting them with their cameras from a weird angle to make them look bigger than they are. And, uh, you know, it, it's strange because there's been a, there have been a few that have popped up and then disappeared in the same day, and so we only have one person's uh, photos of it. And so we can't even really know if that was even something set into the ground or just some, you know, something somebody put in so they could get extra clicks on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So I, I will say, though, people do have a lot more time right now. Well, at least a lot of people do, <laughs> given the coronavirus pandemic. But uh, are these metal monoliths the new crop circles? Uh, I think so. I don't think that they'll have the life of crop circles. Uh, crop circles are still being found all across the planet, which I think is super interesting since, you know, they were allegedly debunked 30 years ago by two guys. You know, there were allegedly two guys that were just making all the crop circles in England, which never accounted for the crop circles that people found in other countries. And strangely enough, something that doesn't get talked about a lot is snow circles is that people uh, in Antarctica, people in the North Pole, people in Alaska, uh, they would traipse out into the middle of the forest and find these giant circles made in the snow. So, you know, I think there's something a little bit more strange with crop circles than there are with the monolith. Uh, so we're going to go to a caller. We've got a couple of people on the line. You can join the conversation with paranormal researcher John Tenney yourself at 313-577-1019. We're going to go to Rosalie in Allen Park right now. Who, Rosalie, uh, you say you have a story about a uh, UFO sighting. Uh, yes, I was on vacation with my husband in uh, Arizona, and we had gone to Sedona. And uh, I saw an opportunity to go on a night sky tour. And it was where they. I think we just She's lost been taken Rosalie. Up. You know, this happens a lot with people when they start to talk about it. Really, it's actually a tropist, tropist joke in the UFO community that when people start talking about UFOs, they lose their phone signal. <laughs> Unfortunately, wow. Rosalie, call us back. I'd love to hear the rest of the story because uh, as a former Arizona uh, resident, I have seen some odd things out there uh, in the sky as well. So, John, quickly, uh, you know, I had heard that UFO sightings and for people that know, there are groups that you can go and have uh, and, and report sightings to. They had kind of plummeted for a few years. But now this year, the number of sightings reported to places like move on have have gone up is that the case absolutely and i think this is directly attributable to the pandemic i think that people are spending more time out on their back deck taking walks through the forest taking walks down the street and you know with the news being how it is you know i, I know that we're all connected to our phones and and we're all kind of news junkies but i also think that this has 
the kind of overwhelming nature of the news and, and the, the kind of horrible things that have been going on. I think when people are taking a break, uh, they're actually putting their hands in their pockets and looking skyward again as to where most of the time over the past few years we've walked with our head down looking at our phone. Rosalie uh, is back with us. She has been returned to our plane. Rosalie, hi, welcome again. Hello. Hi. So, Rosalie, when you were out in Arizona, tell us specifically the details of, of what you saw and why it struck you as unusual. We were on a uh, dark sky tour in, uh, I think it was Bolton Mountain. We went up nine miles up to a park where they had telescopes set up. And to introduce us to the sky, the uh, uh, host of the tour had us all sit. There were about 25 people. And there was a formation in, because he said, shout out when you see something you think is unusual. And he was explaining what constellations were visible. And it was a particularly good time to be there because Saturn, Moon, Titan was crossing in a way that uh, was really made it visible. And that's why we were there. You know, we're just uh, amateur uh, night sky buffs, you know, nothing serious. And I saw a formation and it suddenly went to the left, like in an instant, and was in a different place in the sky. And I, I laughed at myself and I said, UFO to the left. And he made light of it and, you know, said, oh, you know, this is a military area. And so when we actually got to look out of the telescope, it was my turn. And I was the 12th person in line to look. And it was a huge telescope. And when I walked up to this telescope and got the view, it blew me back, literally. And he laughed and said, that's what I do this for. And it was just uh, an amazing experience, which changed me forever because I then felt connected to the universe, which I had never actually thought of that concept before. That's a really beautiful uh, story, Rosalie. John, what do you think about Rosalie's uh, description there? Yeah, um, it's pretty common, actually. A lot of people don't know who don't research UFOs all the time, but there's almost a uh, magical happening that occurs when someone witnesses UFO. And in a lot of cases, I've been on many investigations with people who get everyone out into an area late at night and have us concentrate and have us almost get into a meditative state and call out to the universe and ask to see something. And it's surprising how many times uh, looking up at the at the night sky uh, there seems to be a response. It's it's something that I would really implore people to go out and do just because it's fun, not necessarily to see a UFO, but it really does connect you to the universe. Uh, we got another caller on the line. I'd like to bring in Keith in Trenton. You are joining Culture Shift. Hi, Keith. Hi, how are you doing? Hey, and so uh, just from the comments here, uh, I see that you are a skeptic. I, uh, yeah. you know, we can be skeptical of everything, but give us a good reason. What, what are you exactly are you skeptical of? Well, one, I just want to say that I'm really, I'm an avid listener to WDET. I'm kind of saddened that, that this is a subject matter uh, because of, and I am a skeptic. N number two is I don't think the human eye could see something traveling thousands of miles an hour. 
it's not it's not possible. Maybe 100 miles an hour planes and stuff like that. And number three is if these beings could come from wherever, would they not present themselves out in broad daylight rather than hiding like uh, a squirrel hiding me up in a tree? This does not make any sense to me. You know, Keith, that actually brings up a good point. Um, You know, John, why is it that really in all the years that people have been doing paranormal research, like... None of these have ever, has anybody ever put forth a, a theory as to why none of these uh, beings ever really show up in a downtown at uh, noon? Why wouldn't they? Well, first to say, uh, I'm the first one to say, and, and it draws a lot of ire from my uh, researchers, friends, and, and everybody in the community. Like, I'm a, I'm a skeptic as well. I really don't believe anything. I am about the exploration and the imagination of our seemingly shared reality. But to your question, uh The first point is, why don't they land on the White House lawn? Why don't they just land in the middle of a football game? (laughs) And (laughs) and so I I have often thought to myself, I mean, I ponder these questions for 30 years. And one of the things that really I, I really kind of latched on to is if you have a technological race that can traverse the distances of time and space and has created some sort of technology that is far beyond our comprehension, which seems, as Arthur C. Clarke said, indiscernible from magic to us. If that's the type of civilization we're dealing with, then why would they do something expected? Hmm. And in that same kind of, like the analog to that is, uh, we know that math exists. When was the last time a human being traveled from Detroit to Japan to explain math to a cat? Like, you just wouldn't do it. It wouldn't make any sense. It would be a complete uh, waste of your time. Uh, they wouldn't get it anyway. And so to to say, like, why don't they just land and explain themselves? It might not be that easy. Mm. Well, you know, John, we do have another caller to get to. But I will, I will say to your point there, uh, again, going back to this Israeli uh, security official uh, and what the, some of the things he said, one of the one of the and maybe it's mistranslated, but one of the comments he supposedly made that NBC reported on was that these extraterrestrials are waiting for us to understand space. And that kind of struck me because that's a I mean, pretty basic. We think we understand what's going on out there, but maybe there's something a bit more uh, that we're just not there yet. For sure. And if you if any of your listeners or or people are familiar with uh, contactees who are people who say they've been in contact with extraterrestrials, the overwhelming message that are told not to huge groups of people, but to individuals who experience this phenomena is a message of unity and brotherhood and that the planet needs to get along, that we need to take care of the planet. And until we reach a certain stage in our own psychological development, uh, we're not ready to deal with them. Thank you so much. John Tenney is a paranormal researcher based here in Metro Detroit. We're talking about some of the big news in uh, the UFO community. The Pentagon's new task force that began in August. Uh, Comments made from a former Israeli uh, security official. Lots of stuff going on out there. John, if people want to follow your work, where should they go? Uh, They can go to my website, which is weirdlectures.com or on Twitter, John E.L. Tenney. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, John. Have a great day. Thanks.
friend, it is Culture Shift you're listening to now. Kate, Keith, thank you so much for calling, by the way, our skeptic who called today. And uh, as to why we are spending airtime with this, it's just some good fun. You're listening to Culture Shift. It is good fun. And also, people <laughs> complain when we talk about Taylor Swift, too. Oh, that's so, true. Yeah, right. You right, know. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just fun. It's the <laughs> entertainment portion of the radio station. It's called Culture Shift. You're listening to it now. By the way, if you would like some more serious discussion, I would suggest Detroit Today, uh, where uh, Stephen Henderson does his program every day, every weekday here uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning. And then they repeat the progress at 7 o'clock at night tonight. You can join him uh, for a conversation about the divide between libertarians who shun President Trump and those who have embraced him. That discussion and more will be part of Detroit Today, the rebroadcast uh, at 7 o'clock tonight, or you can always get it online by going to WDET.org.